Welcome to Views from the World Tree. On this week's show, we're taking a look at some of our favorite holiday traditions and memories. And now, on with the show. I see. Good news, everyone. All right. So for news this week, uh, for my reading news, I finished a book that I've been working on for a while. It's by a kid named Jonathan Alder. And the title is Closeted. Uh, this is a story of a BYU student who uh, was gay and came out while they were at BYU. I guess I would give this a 7 out of 10-ish. I know you're not familiar with it. This is something Steve and I uh, had talked about previously, this book. Um, it was pretty good. By the author's own admission, he's not like a trained writer. Um, but even still, I felt like it was kind of rambly. Um, however, I do need to commend the author. There was several little story arcs and, and added anecdotes there that didn't paint him in the best light, um, which if I was writing a, a memoir, I don't know that I would have the integrity to include <laughs> or I would, you know, embellish them. Uh, so good on him for, you know, being honest and open and including those parts because they did make the story better, even if they made him maybe not look like, uh, you know, the best person. So um, but yeah, it was pretty short, um, just a few hundred pages, pretty quick read. Um, so I guess I would recommend it if this kind of thing interests you. And then as far as what I've been watching and playing, just World of Warcraft, um, not really any specific like TV series or movies, just kind of hitting a few holiday things here and there, uh, watching Lego Masters. But yeah, playing World of Warcraft, really enjoying it, really enjoying the storylines, um, all of the new mechanics. It's, and I don't think I'm alone because I've seen a lot of uh, content creators on YouTube and stuff talk about how it feels like how WoW used to be before things kind of went downhill, before you started playing <laughs> uh, back when it was, was good. And then also, I don't think... We mentioned this before because I think the news came out since our last episode, but um, Chris Metzen is coming back to WoW. He was one of the original creators of the Warcraft IP. Uh, really awesome guy. Definitely um, excited to see where the storyline goes now that he's back. And uh, some of the other individuals have left that were responsible for some of the recent subpar content, we'll say. I won't, I won't I name names, but definitely remember you being sad when he left. Yeah. And that means that my, uh, my autographed collector's editions are worth money again because he's back. So he has signed them. Um, <clears throat> and then as far as actual news, I thought this was kind of cool. Um, a little bit of local news to us near where we live. Um, the winner of survivor, I don't know how many 
seasons it's been the current season um, a guy named Mike Gabler or Gabler I think it's Gabler uh, he revealed that he would be donating his entire one million prize to support veterans health um, he was a 52 year old he had been telling people or had been had been saying on the show that his plan was to donate the winnings uh, but he actually went ahead and followed through with that after he was named sole survivor which I assume is like the what they call the winner on the show. I don't actually watch Survivor. Um, but there's a quote here um, where he said, there are people who needed that money more um, during his kind of exit interview. And I'm going to donate the entire prize, the entire $1 million prize in my father's name, Robert Gabler, who was a Green Beret, to veterans in need who are recovering from psychiatric problems, PTSD, and to help curb the suicide epidemic. So... I thought that was really cool. Um, also really cool that it was someone from, you know, the, the Boise Metro area. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I think it's amazing to hear. I mean, anyone, when they go on a show like that, where it takes so much of your time to be a part of it and that's why the prize is so big. And so to see him turn around and donate that is incredible. It's a lot of money. It would be hard to part with. So, Good for him. <clears throat> I hope that uh, the karma comes back around to him, which I think it probably will. But, um, and then that was pretty much it for my week. Nothing too crazy. How about you, Chelsea? Ready for your first news segment? <laughs> um, as far as reading goes, I have been rereading the Mistborn trilogy by Brandon Sanderson. And I recently re-listened to the first one, which is the final empire and the second one, which is the hero of ages. And so I've actually, sorry, I have the titles backwards. Hero of ages is the third one. Well of Ascension is the second one. So I'm listening to hero of ages now. And it's a series that I really enjoy. Um, it was one of, it was the first series that really got me into reading Brandon Sanderson's books. And now he's, my favorite author. So because of this book and Elantris, which is one of his other books are what really brought me into his world. And so it's been fun to kind of go back and reread that initial book that brought it, brought me in. So I've talked about Sanderson on the podcast before. Um, however, I have not talked about the Mistborn trilogy because it's not one that I necessarily care for. So can you just kind of give us a quick, like, two-minute overview of the plot line without spoiling too much? Oh, man. How to... I'm terrible at that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, what's cool about it is that it has... It's a part of his overarching Cosmere is what it's called. And it's in this particular era and world, They there are people within this world that have... Um, called Almantic abilities that let them do different things based on different metals. And so you have metals that have a push and a pull and have equal and opposite reactions. And so, so it's a fantasy novel. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yes, it is a fantasy um, set in a different world. And um, it follows um, the character Vin and the people who are in her immediate circle and around her in their journey to overthrow the the ruler of the 
of the land. And so they go a lot into the different reasons why they want to do that and and then kind of lead you into where that goes and their their adventure in getting there to to along that pathway. Okay. Trying not to spoil things. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I've mostly been listening to. And I this week was definitely me finishing up my holidays holiday work so that I can celebrate the holidays. Um, and so that kept me busy most of the week. But as far as like playing things, I have definitely been playing World of Warcraft as well. The Dragonflight expansion is has been really fun to explore explore dragons and their role in this world. Um, and in, in this, this part of the wow universe. Uh, I've also been playing King of Tokyo. Um, I really like, there's a website that lets you play different board games online with people. And King of Tokyo is kind of my go-to just because it's a, an easy one to just kind of follow along with what other people are doing. And it doesn't require a lot of thought. Um, but still feels satisfying when you win because you do have to kind of strategize. And so those are kind of what I've been what playing. Um, as Adam said, like I, we've, the, the watching in our house lately has mostly just been background noise for while we play. And then as far as news goes, I don't have near the news repertoire that Adam has. I usually get all of my news from him. <laughs> so I I was thinking more about one of the things that we celebrated this week was the winter solstice. And so um, we went out and had a little bonfire in our fire pit and it was just nice, even though it was freezing cold weather. Yeah. Um, it was nice just to create more memories and just to think about what's happening in our world. And how, you know, we've reached the point where it's gotten the darkest and now it's going to start getting lighter and I don't have to worry about it being as dark in the evenings. <laughs> cool. So that's all I got for this week. All right. Sounds good. <clears throat> Let's go ahead and jump into our main topic then. Um, I'll try and cover everything here in the time that we have left. So this episode... Um, we're actually recording this on Christmas Eve. We usually record earlier in the week, but it's been a busy week. So we're recording this on the 24th and it's going to go live tomorrow, which in the U.S. and most of the, the Western world and other countries that celebrate this holiday, um, this is, you'll be listening to this on Christmas Day if you listen to it the day that it comes out. And Steve and I, um, in past episodes have looked at the history of this holiday. Um, we've also looked at how it relates to the pagan celebration of Yule and where some of those Christmas symbols and traditions come from. Uh, we've also looked at other holidays around the world that take place during this time. I think we went over that last year. Um, so instead of rehashing that from kind of a historical point of view, um, and since we had Chelsea on here, we wanted to take a, uh, advantage of that and share some of our favorite memories and traditions. Um, cause when we've, we've talked about 
family traditions in the past. And unfortunately, since Steve and I are, are cousins and we've always been fairly close, we share a lot of the same traditions. <laughs> so it, it can get kind of boring because he'll share something fun and then I won't really have anything to add other than like, yeah, I remembered that. That was cool. <laughs> um, so we wanted to take a look at that um, this year. And <clears throat> so we're just going to go through. We have what, five, six, we have a, a few questions, um, just kind of in an interview format that we're going to go back and forth and get to know uh, some of Chelsea's traditions. Some of these might be a repeat, and uh, so I apologize for that. But So to start us off, I will ask Chelsea, what was the biggest holiday or tradition that your family celebrated? Definitely Christmas. Um, we definitely do traditions and have different celebrations for for a lot of different holidays throughout the year. But Christmas was overwhelmingly the number one holiday in our house. And I remember years where we started decorating before Thanksgiving. Um, I remember one year where we had a Christmas tree up until February and they changed the decorations and made it Valentine's because um, we just had never got took it never took it down and so it's definitely I mean we had it's definitely the biggest one at our house we had so many Christmas decorations and for me even moving out of the house Christmas decorations was one of my important things too that I started collecting as soon as I was on my own I have pictures of various Christmas trees throughout the years as my meager um, collection of decorations slowly grew and was able to able to see that and it was definitely a lot about about the decorating and celebrating together but Christmas would definitely be the one that my family celebrated the most cool what about you um, for me with my immediate family Christmas being at the end of the the year and again, growing up in the in the U.S. in that kind of Western um, Christian-based upbringing, Christmas was pretty big. But as far as the extended family, uh, Thanksgiving was actually the time when all of my aunts and uncles and cousins um, came together, and we we used to go over to my grandma's house and had a big Thanksgiving celebration there. And then in later years, as she kind of got um, older and things got more difficult, my mom um, started hosting Thanksgiving at our house. And we had a, a big backyard and, and room for everybody. So that was kind of the time when we all came together. Um, some of my, so Steve, for example, living in Colorado, um, that was kind of the only time that I would see him is during Thanksgiving and some of my other, you know, more distant family. That was kind of the one time during the year when everybody was together and we got to catch up on how everybody was doing and what was going on with their lives. So Thanksgiving. Our, my extended family usually only would get together for like Christmas things. Mm -hmm. um, but usually it was more my mom's family because they all live kind of in the same area. And so it was easy, easier to get together but definitely as the family grows bigger and it gets harder and harder to bring everybody together. 
Yeah, my dad's family, Christmas was definitely the big holiday. Um, my aunt, well, so most of my dad's family was fairly local. Um, some of them have, you know, moved different places since I was young. But um, on my dad's side of the family, Christmas was a big deal. But it was really only like one afternoon or one evening because everybody was so local. Um, you didn't have people coming in from out of state, staying a long time, um, at least when I was younger that I remember. But like they would hire somebody to play Santa Claus and everybody, you had to sit on his lap. It was, it was non-negotiable. Um, I think the rule was until you were married, you had to sit on Santa's lap. Um, so yeah, that was, that was the thing with my dad's family was definitely Christmas. My dad's parents passed away when I was young, so we didn't have them as like the cohesive, let's bring everybody together for the holidays. So we spent a lot with my dad's, one of my dad's older sisters. Um, a lot of her kids are, um, grew up around the same time as my dad. And so a lot of their kids, so my aunt's grandkids are like my cousins. And so we would go and do kind of the same kind of party where there was definitely a Santa Claus that was always invited and had, you know, at least one gift for everybody at the party. And I think one of my most memorable ones that I remember was one year something happened with the Santa and they weren't able to get somebody hired, but they had the Santa suit. And I remember my cousin's daughter, who's a couple years older than me ended up putting on the Santa suit and somebody was, one of the kids was like, why do you have such pretty nails, Santa? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so moving on then, what were, and maybe you've touched on this a little bit, but what were some of your favorite Christmas traditions with your family? This is definitely the hardest part um, as far as like narrowing it down as to what to talk about. <laughs> My... I, as Adam knows, like in trying to prepare for this episode, I had a very lengthy list of all the possible things that I could talk about, about Christmas traditions. Like I could seriously go on and on about Christmas traditions because for whatever reason, that was like one of the magical memories of my childhood. Um, so for me, the favorite part of Christ the Christmas tradition is Christmas morning. Um, there was just something magical about that moment. And it's probably because I was the, I'm the oldest in my family. And so um, our, the kids in our family are really spread out. And so I was, I got to see a lot more of their reactions to um, Christmas. And it definitely helped carry on that childlike version of Christmas for many years. Um, you know, it's only been in the last few years that my sisters graduated high, my youngest sister graduated high school. And so Christmas morning was always like that magical moment. And we had different traditions that became a part of it. I remember my parents talking to us, talking to me about their memories of Christmas and how one year that they tended to be procrastinators when it came to buying gifts and wrapping gifts. So our tree was always a little sparse with gifts until Christmas morning. Like the things didn't get put out till then. And so it was, we would just try to sneak in and see all the presents before 
and since my parents had stayed up so late they you know were pretty tired and so one year in one of our houses there was these two closets that were across the hall from each other and so they ended up connecting the two doors together so that we couldn't go through <laughs> and that was the initial way this tradition started is and then this tradition progressed to then they would hang like a sheet over it so we couldn't peek through and then it became actually wrapping the door or wrapping the hallway to prevent us from coming into the room until that moment and so my parents would always turn the the christmas music on and turn the lights on before we came in we had to wait till everyone was awake so my personal tradition became um, being the annoying older sibling that didn't want to get out of bed. So I would drive <laughs> my siblings crazy by pretending that I was still asleep and wouldn't want to get up. Nice. <laughs> um, and, but then, you know, there was that, it was such a magic moment walking out in, you know, through the wrapping paper um, and coming out to see, you know, all these presents that hadn't been there the night before and all the lights just lighting everything up because we wouldn't have any other lights on in the house so it was just the christmas tree lights lighting things and it just was so peaceful and so just taking it all in to see it all and my i was like one of my favorite things was just like that that moment like fortunately because of technology i've been able to like find ways to kind of continue that moment for myself um, with being able to use apps to like turn the Christmas tree lights on before I come in and turn the music <laughs> on before I come in so that I can still have that kind of walking into it already ready. Um, since I don't have my parents around to do that since they live mm -hmm. in a different house. And so it's pretty, I know kind of long witted, but like that, it's just one of those magical things about Christmas for me. We, we definitely were not well off growing up. And so there was a lot of years where Christmas was lean. And, and so Christmas became that time of year when we would get the things that we needed. Um, because that's, you know, the way they could justify what we, what we would, what they would buy was buying us things that we needed. So things that got wrapped up were like socks and, toothbrushes and um lots of clothing um but i still enjoyed unwrapping all of it and so that's kind of like the big one and i'm sure we'll probably come back and circle around and talk about some others but what were some of your what's kind of your big favorite christmas tradition um so i it's no secret to regular listeners that I really love the outdoors. And so one of the things that I always enjoyed, which unfortunately wasn't something that my family continued the entire time that I was living at home, but I really liked when we would go out and hunt for an actual live Christmas tree. Um, we would go to the local, I don't remember if it was forest service or BLM, um, Eastern Utah. So probably BLM. Uh, but we'd get a Christmas tree permit to go out and cut down a Christmas tree. And we, 
there was a place that we went. Um, I guess I can, I can share it. Cause yeah, it was a, a place called Hiawatha and they, the trees in there, if you go up high enough on the mountain, you get into like pines and firs and stuff, but we really liked, or my parents were really liked pinion pines. Uh, at least when I was in that age gap where like I could remember <laughs> um, the specific trees and when they were still doing it. Um, I know that after I moved out, there were a few years that they went and got like a nice lodge pole or something, but uh, pinion pine is a really cool tree. It's not the traditional Christmas tree. Um, it's has a very limited geographic range of the kind of the Colorado plateau and like four corners region of Utah, Colorado, Arizona, New Mexico. It's very bushy and has very like upturned clusters of needles. And it's also the tree that pine nuts come from the ones that we, you know, we eat and you buy at the store. They come from these pinion pines and they also have a, a really distinct scent that's different from some of the like high altitude uh, actual pine trees. And so that's one of my most memorable things is going out looking for a Christmas tree, cutting down these trees and just that, I don't, it's hard to describe a scent as it is, but a scent from your childhood that's something kind of abstract as a specific species of tree I guess I would say it's like a sweeter pine scent, um, but then also kind of sagebrushy because that's where these trees grow is, you know, they are co-located in these big fields of sagebrush. So you're hiking through the sagebrush to try and get to the tree that you happen to see when you're driving on the road. And then you're, um, you have to like lay down in the sagebrush and get under the tree to, to cut it and just kind of that, that, high altitude desert pinion pine smell just instantly makes me think of Christmas. I, you mentioned how like yours and Steve's traditions are so similar because of being from the same family. And I think it's interesting also to look at like the role geography has to play in that too. Mm -hmm. um, just being living somewhere where that is an option to go cut down trees. Cause that was something that we did too, was we would go, that was always like, the weekend after Christmas thing was that first Friday after Christmas. I mean, Thanksgiving we were, or Thanksgiving. <laughs> yep. Thanksgiving. Um, we, that Friday after Thanksgiving, we were headed up the mountain and we were out there looking for our Christmas tree. And it, I had some definite fond memories as a kid, like you were saying like that, those specific memories of like climbing down into the brush. But for me, when I, when I picture it, I, I just picture lots of snow trudging through the snow. Cause we always went to heavily like snowy areas. Cause we were a little bit more, more less north. of the desert side. Yeah. Um, and we incorporated, I remember memories of like sledding down the, the mountain roads, mm -hmm. you know, trying to make sure you didn't run into cars. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but then having chili with extended family and like hanging out together. And so it just got harder as we got older, but, um, like it really does bring back those like specific memories 
um, when you think about things like that or when you see the forest trees in the snow like that's what I think of and yeah. it's even kind of ties into our next question that we had talked about was <coughs> what what are some of your favorite memories of Christmas since we've been together well I'll let you answer it first then <laughs> <laughs> um, well just the one of the memories of our first Christmas where we had actually been dating for a little while and was going with my family to and cut down some trees and it was a particularly rough snowy year and when we went up we were in my parents little dodge truck um that was barely holding itself together <laughs> and my um one of the other people in our group with us had a little flatbed truck um, but he was pretty young. He was, um, and I just remember that we reached a point where it started sliding and, and he like kind of jumped out at one point to try and like help stop it. And <laughs> because you just you can't do anything once it starts sliding, there's not a whole lot you can do until it stops. Yeah. And so many cars were getting stuck, but definitely made for some fun memories. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Um, so my favorite memories since we've been together have been <clears throat> some of the traditions that you and I have started um, that were not necessarily a part of, of my Christmas growing up, um, specifically like the holiday Lego sets that we've started collecting. And <clears throat> unfortunately this year, Christmas kind of snuck up on us, so we haven't uh, <laughs> haven't done that as much as we have in years past, but it's always been fun to see the new holiday Lego set that comes out because um, there's a new one every year and putting that together as well as the ones from previous years and kind of setting up this little holiday Lego village has always been really fun. I can definitely say before I've discovered the Lego sets that were the holiday village, I have seen people do holiday villages as a lot of that American Christmas tradition um, and other other cultures too, but like I just never had any desire to like collect all these little ceramic <laughs> the porcelain porcelain yeah. houses. Like I'm like yeah, I love looking at them, but wasn't necessarily something that I wanted to take the time to collect. Mm -hmm. But the I still remember the first time I saw one of those somebody's collection with a Lego Christmas village, and I was like done sold. <laughs> that is what we are doing yeah. and which is i mean how it did start for us like because i went to somebody's house and saw it and i was like nope like this is we're doing this <laughs> yeah it's been a lot of fun um and then the other thing i that i wrote down is recently some of the more like what i'm calling heritage celebrations that we've started incorporating um so things like the yule buck or the the straw yule goat um celebrating the solstice, the Tomten, some of those Scandinavian, Germanic, Celtic stuff um, from our, our shared heritage has really been fun to, to kind of have that connection to like ancestry and think about maybe some of the ways that they used to celebrate the holiday has been really fun. So. The other thing that I... Um, along kind of those similar lines of the heritage celebrations was with Christmas tree decorations. I feel like that's another one that's kind of been a big tradition for us. Mm -hmm. um, 
I, before we got married, because I'd had many years on my own, had started my own collection of Christmas ornaments and had this very like matchy red and white candy striped, just tons of different things that were all this red and white candy stripe. And I came in and ruined it all. Yes, you did. (laughs) Um, And I remember when we first got married, I was like, all right, I've got all this. And like, we're, um, here's all my Christmas decorations. And I remember um, making that decision to change the tradition, to say, you know what, like, this is what was mine. What, what is going to make it ours? Mm -hmm. And, and so before then (laughs) mismatched trees drove me nuts. I love the look of the like, matchy um just very like themed tree themed tree just and some of that comes from my mom helped with festival of trees before and decorated themed trees and i just found that very beautiful um and so when we kind of talked about it when we were first married we talked about well what do we want together and remember at first it was kind of hard um (laughs) being like okay i'm going to all right, which of these am I going to get rid of? <laughs> like, which ornaments can I like part with? Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't get rid of all of them. I kept the ones that had meaning for me. Right. And, you know, the first year or two, it was definitely like, okay, like this isn't very much, like this <laughs> doesn't really make sense. Um, just didn't feel super decorated. Uh, but this year where now we've had, you know, a few more years together Mm -hmm. and really celebrating the holiday together as us and not with extended family. I really got to look at it this year as I was putting ornaments on the tree and really noticing the collection that we built. And it was just such a cool moment for me to see. It's not like, it doesn't look mismatched to me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it even though it is, it is. It's very much like <laughs> very random. You're gonna find some like characters. From, wow, there's characters from Harry Potter. There's a little fluffy snowman with feather wings, and then there's like random photos of like us and the dogs. And... Yeah, like there's just all sorts of <clears throat> random things that you know you just there is no cohesion except because it's our family tradition. The cohesion is us, mm-hmm. and it was just really magical this year to me to like look at it and see like oh this is from when we did this and oh this is from when we did this and oh I remember when we went there and this is why we got that ornament and um I feel like we've started adding a lot more things that aren't traditional ornaments um because we find more things to represent who we are and what our life has been yeah I, I mean, I'll be honest, our, our tree is a little, if someone, if an outsider was to look at it, they would probably call it hectic or messy, eclectic, maybe. eclectic. but I mean, I really love it because, and I'm glad I was, you know, I wouldn't say I convinced you, but I know when we talked about it initially, you were, you were kind of hesitant. Um, but I'm glad that we've been able to kind of build this eclectic collection of ornaments that has... Like you said, every ornament on that tree has significant meaning 
to us and the life that we've built together and our history together and like the, the things that we've been through, like, and it helps remember the things we've overcome, the things we've achieved. And I like what you said, like, maybe it doesn't have like a red and white snowman theme, but the theme of our tree is us and our life. And I really like it. So. Well, I think this year it's been especially meaningful for us um, with just different changes in faith and understanding who we are and trying to figure out who we are and what we believe in. And I remember, you know, talking with you about, well, what do we, you know, what do we do about Christmas if, if we don't necessarily believe in Christ or we're still trying to figure out what, what it is that we believe um, or what you believe and I believe and all of that and the, <laughs> this, that, and the other. But I just remember feeling very strongly about the Christmas tree. Like that was like what looks like Christmas to me. Mm -hmm. And, and I know how much of the tree also comes from the heritage side of ancestral roots and, you know, that it's not just what is done here and in the, in the United States, but it's just really cool to be able to take that symbol and I feel like really make it our own this year that we've been able to take that tradition and create something that we want to continue Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> um, all right. So unfortunately we need to move on. Um, cause I, I suspect that this topic would not be as interesting to others as it is to us, but <laughs> we could reminisce later. Um, so the next one, uh, if you, <laughs> if you're listening like in the car with your kids or you have young kids, that are into Santa, um, you may want to pause. Um, so that's, that's your, your fair warning, your spoiler alert. Um, so the next question is how did you find out that Santa wasn't air quotes real? And do you want to carry that tradition on? I, Santa, I feel like has been a big part of my family's Christmas. Um, my parents loved that role of Santa. Santa always brought the best gifts, um, the things that, you know, we really didn't feel like they were always surprises because they were the things that my parents generally couldn't afford. Um, and somehow they managed to afford them. And so those things always came from Santa and some of like my early gains, that's where they came from was Santa. I remember I was around third, fourth grade and I kind of started wondering about Santa and whether or not like it was a real thing. And I had asked my mom and she was like, you know, well, what do you believe? And kind of, you know, kind of fudged the conversation a little and kind of like missed, you know, direct rerouted my focus um, until a couple months later, I, my parents liked to go to auctions and, you know, they'd pick up the most random things. And I remember that there was this Mickey and Minnie Mouse dolls or like stuffed animals that I thought were really cool. And I remember asking my mom um, about an auction box that they had um, bought that they had kept hidden from us. 
I remember asking her, hey, by the way, what were those things that were in there? Like, what other things were in that box? And she um, was like, oh, well, that Mickey and Minnie stuffed animal were in there. And I was like, I thought for a second. And then I was like, um, pretty sure those came from Santa. <laughs> and so totally caught my mom red-handed. <laughs> and so that was like my moment of finding out that you know, it wasn't quote unquote real. Um, so for me, I, I don't remember specifically when I just remember it was at a very young age because I distinctly remember being in school and all of my friends were still talking about Santa still believed in Santa. Um, and I distinctly remember like knowing that, Santa was not a real person. And I also remember that I had been told, like, don't tell your friends, like, let them still believe. Um, and I, I mean, I'm a, a very, like, pragmatic, like, logical to a flaw person. Um, and so for me, it was all about okay, you're telling me there's one guy who on this, on a single night goes and visits every single family across the world. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, anyway, so I mean, it, unfortunately because of, and this is not anything to do with my parents. Like they were amazing Santas. Um, like you, I remember, there was things that I specifically asked Santa for um, that I didn't tell my parents that I remember getting. Uh, there was a, a bicycle called a mudslinger, I think it was called, when I was younger um, that magically appeared in the living room. Uh, the original Nintendo, the original NES, um, and then some other things. Of course, later I found out that you know the Santa that I was talking to at the family party was actually a family friend. Um, and I ended up working in his restaurant when I was in high school. But, <laughs> um, and so they, they did an amazing job. And uh, when I asked my family what some of their favorite memories were, my mom said, like, just she loved doing everything they could to make our dreams come true. And they definitely did that. So I don't know if they listen to this. I know um, – my siblings do sometimes, but if they are listening, thank you. Like you guys were amazing. Um, but just because I was such a precociously logical child, I think that's, and again, I don't remember exactly when, but I, it was fairly young. I remember I was still at, um, this elementary school called Durant, which was closed when I went to fourth grade. Um, so it would have been sometime in second or third grade that I stopped believing in Santa. Um, I want to say it was either first or second, cause I can remember my teachers and like their classrooms and talking about things. So it was pretty young. But. I can definitely say reading the notes and seeing, you know, kind of your, and hearing your response. Like it was like, Oh, that's so Adam. <laughs> like that's just that. Why does that not surprise me that that is how you figured it out? Because I, I had the clues. Uh -huh. I had the, um, I remember one year my, 
there was the, you know, Santa wrote, we had the cookies and milk and Santa wrote a little note back to me. Mm-hmm. And I remember clearly thinking, oh my gosh, that looks just like my dad's handwriting. And, <laughs> Cause he has a very distinct, distinct handwriting. And I just remember thinking, but I remember them like, you know, throwing me off with something and, um, <laughs> and other little hints um, that things that my parents had to actually create traditions out of so that they mm-hmm. could throw us off the scent of Santa. Yeah. Um, for example, Santa always uses his own special wrapping paper at my growing up. He has his wrapping paper. It's different than all the rest of wrapping paper. <laughs> and apparently one year they <coughs> didn't use all of the wrapping paper. And so we found the wrapping paper roll mm-hmm. and we're like, wait a minute. Like, this is like, <laughs> this is Santa's paper. And I remember my parents like excusing it as like, oh, well, Santa just, you know, he had extra. So he left it here and that became a new tradition for us. Like every year, oh, where's the roll of, where's the wrapping paper? Where's Santa's paper? (laughs) And so it always like became, you know, part of that secret. And I, just like you, like, I feel like my parents did a, a lot with that to try and make it magical for us. And, and I if they listen to it, like my thanks to them too, because I really do feel like Christmas was magical for me growing up. And some of that comes from that Santa experience. And as I've grown up, I feel like Santa is definitely something I want to continue. Um, I do think there's a little bit more of the reality that I feel like has set in since I was a child. Um, And so I think there's some things I would change a little bit to be more not, not so ostentatious with it. Like that Santa's going to bring something more simple and not bringing all the best gifts. Um, And so that I could know that those best things came from my parents too. Just really quickly with these last two, then Uh, what is a Christmas tradition that you wish would just go away? Why don't you go first on this one? Okay. So I, I don't know why, but I have always been really bothered by the elf on the shelf (laughs) because I, I don't know. Just, I don't think that that visual reminder is necessary that somebody is watching and it just, it always felt like a, a dirty trick, I guess. I know you don't love the elf on the shelf either. Yeah. I was like, Oh yep. I didn't even think about that being a tradition that I wish would die. Like, especially as a teacher, I see it. Like, um, I see teachers that want to do it in their classroom and I just feel like, you know, Santa already is enough of a lie that it's hard to find ways, I guess, to justify Um, you know, to not just lie straight up to your kids. And I feel like as a school teacher, it's so hard to balance what every family does for their traditions. And so when you've got one family that is like way overdoing it with Elf on the Shelf (laughs) and the tricks that he's doing and how he moves and doesn't move, like you get kids coming to school and they're like, but my Elf didn't move. And like, you know, it just really creates a lot of conflict between families, I feel like, or kids, between kids at school. And it just, like you said, it's just one more thing. And I feel like it's just creating one more level of 
deception. Well, I don't think that it's necessarily the, I'm not a child psychologist, but I don't necessarily think it's the best idea to teach kids that they need to be good because this specific thing that they can see is watching them because then that teaches them that when the, the elf isn't around that it's, you know, okay to try and get away with stuff. Yeah. I guess that's kind of the difference I see between Santa and elf on the shelf. It's, it's teaching. Well, even the whole, you have to be good because Santa's watching. I don't really love that either. I don't love the idea of teaching good behavior through consequences. I prefer to teach through, and I'm going to sound like a dog trainer here, but through positive reinforcement, like teaching kids to do the right thing because it's the right thing, not teaching them to do the right thing because they might get punished or they might not get the toy that they want. I think that's the wrong way to go about doing it. And again, I'm not a child psychologist, but I have read like what people have written on the subject. I think that falls more in line with what is generally considered the the best way, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, I mean, it's, I mean, a lot of Christmas songs, you've got the one that's like, you know, be good for goodness sake. You know, there's a little bit more of that trying to teach that inherent, be good because you should not just because the elf is watching. Yeah. Um, and then the other tradition that I wish would go away is not really a tradition, but I think Christmas needs to stay in December. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As somebody who Halloween is their absolute favorite time of year, like by far, I love Halloween. I mean, we, we put up Halloween decorations, Halloween lights, and we didn't actually put up Christmas lights this year. That tells you how much I love Halloween. But And then also, like I talked about earlier, where Thanksgiving was my extended families like time to come together i really wish christmas would just stay in december like i'm even willing to give it the whole month of december like you can start your you don't need 100 days of christmas right you just take your 25 and just stay in your lane well that's where i feel like commercialism has gotten so bad too is that like this year i noticed in particular that like I was trying to get some last minute Halloween stuff and there was nothing to be found right. B- right before Halloween, but there was plenty of Christmas stuff to be found. And I was like, well, it's not like, what about Thanksgiving stuff? What about like, you know, it just <laughs> felt like, like I get that retailers have to like sell the stuff ahead of time, but I, I think we've gotten too far on that. I think they are like, Oh, everything sold out by this time. So they moved it a little earlier, you know, and it's like creates this much more like that FOMO, the fear of missing out. Like I've got to get it now. And, but I'm not ready to do Christmas yet. Like as much as I love Christmas, I would love to see it go back to being more a consolidated December holiday. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. So last question what traditions do you feel are the most important to carry on? Um, let's have you go first on that one again. Okay, fair enough. Um, so I think that any 
family traditions. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I guess traditions tend to be family traditions, but um, I don't know. Like, I mean, you and I have started our own traditions, like going back to the Lego Christmas sets, right? I think that's something that's that we really enjoy, but it doesn't necessarily hold a lot of meaning for like when we end up having kids, if they don't carry that on, I, it's fine, <laughs> you know? Um, but things that have been passed down for longer, I guess, um, maybe carry a little bit more weight. Um, and so for me, um, like it's those old family traditions that I think are the most important to carry on. Um, and then also some of the things that we've started doing that my family didn't necessarily do, but I would like to see carried forward are some of the like pagan things that we've tried to incorporate. Um, because I feel like it's important to know where symbols like the evergreen tree, uh, gift giving, the image of Santa Claus. Like, I feel it's like it's important to know where those originated. Um, and I'm not going to use the phrase cultural appropriation because that I hate that phrase and it doesn't really apply here, but I worry that with some of the way that things are being taught, um, like for example, gift giving, um, I learned growing up that we give gifts because the three wise men gave gifts to baby Jesus, which is not true. The three wise men didn't visit Jesus when he was a baby. He was a young boy. They weren't in the manger. Like he was living in, um, in his family's house. He was training to be a carpenter. That's when the three wise men came and gave gifts. Um, the tradition of gift giving was very much uh, an old pagan tradition. Um, and again, I won't go into it. We've went into that on past episodes. Uh, you can look up from last December, but I feel like now that we have a better understanding of history and we have some of these archeological and historical references to say definitively, this is where that comes from. I feel like it's important to acknowledge that and kind of undo some of the misinformation that's been, um, thrown out there. So of the things that you and I have started doing, I feel like those are the ones that I would like to see carried forward. When I agree with some of those, like, I think a lot of it's the family time, like having something to celebrate as a holiday that brings people together. And I think that's one of the things we've missed moving away from family is being able to have, you know, that special event. Um, that's what I, I think is the best thing about the holidays is, creating special memories. And so however that looks, you know, if that's the tree, if that's Santa, if it's gift giving, if, you know, if it's the nativities and, you know, crush festivals that different families do for celebrations, like whatever is going to make a special memory is what should be a part of that tradition. And so that's what I love about our Christmas tree. For me, that's one thing I would love to see moving forward is taking that time to talk about some of those memories and enjoy the memories of our life. And I know it's 
such a thing of like as an adult you know you start to appreciate the memories and the stories more because i remember as a kid just being like oh again we're going over the story like we're doing this like historical story again like really you know but you know i I, it makes me almost wish that or well not almost it makes me wish that my grandparents were still alive you know now that i can appreciate what they were trying to do for me Mm -hmm. as a kid um being able to see where a lot of these traditions come from and understanding some of the history around them so i think it's um yeah definitely like what the family time and the family symbolism i think is what's going to be important to carry on okay it's been really fun to like talk about these different traditions and i there was one more thing that i wanted to kind of share uh, i guess a bit of my knowledge as far as traditions go um i studied family life for my bachelor's and one of my courses that i took talked about family recreation and talked about traditions as one of the things that we talked about and i remember my professor talking at one point about how a tradition isn't a tradition until it's been missed um if it has to have been forgotten or skipped at least once um and for something to actually be a tradition. And, and the reason for that is if you didn't miss doing it, then it's just a habit. So, you know, we brush our teeth, we, you know, have all these things that we do daily or yearly even, but we skip it. And when it's like, man, whatever, you know, but the moment that you skip something and you miss it, that's when you know it truly is a family tradition. And I think that's, I've started to see more of that, especially moving away from my family, being able to see, okay, yeah, this really was a tradition for us that holds meaning for me. And so I think it's really good this time of year to reflect on that and reflect on what are the different things that hold meaning for us. Cool. I really like that idea. All right. Uh, So that brings us to kind of the end of the main part of our episode. Uh, Like I talked about, our mindfulness moment does tie in really nicely uh, this week. Um, I was reading, I don't remember where I was reading, but I came across a quote um, by a guy named Bob Phillips. And I'll just read it and then maybe you can go back to the story that you were were sharing. Um, So the quote is, there are three stages of man. He believes in Santa Claus, he does not believe in Santa Claus and then he is Santa Claus. So I kind of see that as the progression of when you're a kid, you believe in Santa, you know, you're, you're a teenager, young adult. You're like, I don't believe in Santa Claus. This is dumb. This is kid stuff. And then as an adult, you kind of take on that role of Santa Claus. So I know you have, you can go ahead with what you were going to talk about. Um, Yeah. I just remember a few years ago reading somebody's post about, how they incorporated that transition from, you know, being the believing in Santa to not believing in Santa. And, you know, there, I've heard of different people who that tradition can be kind of faith shattering because they're like, well, if this isn't true, you know, if this was just fiction, 
what else is fiction in my life. Um, you know, and that's why I get hesitant on doing too many of these traditions or habits that create fictional beings who exist. Um, you know, like the tooth fairy and Easter bunny and all of those different ones. Um, I think there can be a, a benefit and, you know, there's good memories associated with those things. But um, I just remember reading this post and how she was talking about, she takes her kid, she takes him out for, you know, coffee, hot chocolate, whatever, just, you know, ice cream, ice yeah. cream, something like um, takes them out to have a little moment together on their own. And so the parent kind of asks, you know, well, what do you believe? What do you think? And trying to gauge, you know, kind of where the kid is at. Um, and then they tell them, well, it's time for you to be, all right, I'm going to tell you, you know, I'm going to let you know. And instead of just saying straight up that Santa's not real, um, she talks about how each of us become Santa, that now you get to be Santa, you get to be part of this collection of people trying to do good in the world. And, and I really loved that aspect of it, of that. It's not just this one fictional being who can, you know, like, like you said, with your logic <laughs> mind, like, how does this happen? How does it work? Like, you know, but rather recognizing that it works because we as a community work together. And so being able to really think about that and think about that it's not necessarily about, you know, I've been telling a lie this whole time, but rather I am now the gift giver. I am the person who's looking for who needs help and who needs something and finding my way of helping them without the attention being on myself. Mm -hmm. That it's not about me getting the glory for giving that gift, but rather giving it because it was the right thing to do or was it was important. And I think that's where it becomes a more mindful experience when we think about how, you know, it's not about us. It's about, it's about the person that you're giving it to. And I think that's how your quote really ties in there that, you know, we believe in it, we don't believe in it, and then we become it. And it, you know, really takes that reflection and being able to step away from ourselves a little bit to make it work. Yeah. Very well said. <clears throat> All right. That brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, for a look at what we'll be talking about next week, I'll let Chelsea describe it. Well, since I've only got, you know, maybe one or two more episodes to join you listeners. Um, one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot lately, especially with the holidays and different things is just the importance of and value of my local community, not just my city, but like my neighbors, my, um, you know, really the people right around us. And I am pretty excited to like delve into that topic and look at how, what are some different ways that we can develop a more community based mindset and how can we help each other as neighbors and friends and family and community. Cool. Sounds good. I'm excited to learn all about it. We'll see you next week.